podcast. Hello. I am Molly, a not great parent over here, and this yeah. is Nathan, also a not great not parent. Not great parent. And well, so, we want to be not great parents. Yes, so proudly not great. We should get little things to say, not great. Hashtag not great. Do you, yeah, I feel still hashtag, but... People, what do you mean people still hashtag? I don't know. I don't know why I just said that. Let's move on. You, you mean like, what? You mean you sound like I was some like ancient old man saying, hey, send that to my pager. <laughs> Call me on my pager. Call me on my beeper. <laughs> Page me, not great parents. I don't know why I just said that. Oh no, Molly needs me. <laughs> okay, we're off to a lovely start today. So why do we say we're not great parents? We say we're not great parents because greatness is the pursuit of uh, whatever the world says will make your life great. Right. right? So we say busyness or yes. more of anything. So money and yes, and adventures, adventure, and and experiences, yeah. and romance, and all the things. And then for our kids, it's I want them to be successful and happy and ambitious and, and more I, than I. I'm yes, more, more than, than I was. more than I was. Right. Yes. And then we say that we want to be good parents. So we don't yes. say we want to be bad parents. We, no. We, we don't want to be great parents. We are not great parents, but right. we want to be good parents. And what we mean by that is parents who are pursuing the goodness of God and, and seeking him first in everything that we do and yes. everything that our um, children, everything we do when it comes to ourselves and our children so that yes. we can ultimately live a life here on earth in God's kingdom. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we are starting this new series that we're starting today, we d did a whole series, about nine, ten episodes on confessions. It was fun. It was fun. And like I've, I said in that one, I want these to be like genre of yeah, episodes. Yeah, so keep sending us confessions. Yeah. Keep sending us questions. You we can, can occasionally... The, the link, yeah, link yeah. in the show notes. We can occasionally throw one in like you were about to say and I cut yeah. you off. Well, I was um, also cutting you off while you were cutting me off. We, so. we do that sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, we will still... Do yes. confessions and questions and things like that, but we do want to move on to a new series. Yeah, um, something that we are going to call. Well, well we, we don't, don't know, know what we're going to call actually. it because I, I am internally debating whether to call it this or not. Maybe send this as a uh, in the form if you like it. I want to call it "Parenting Makes Me Crazy." Uh, yes, not great parents podcast. Parenting makes you parenting crazy. makes me crazy because you sound great, don't we? Yeah, exactly. The idea behind it that we really want to actually deal with is we want to do a series, really on mental health and what that means <coughs> to the family. And um, let's talk about how we went to a conference earlier this year and yes. why this sort of has been. I mean, we all hear a lot about mental health out there, but we went to a conference. Um, talking about the raising the next generation and exactly what we want to be doing, you know, raising the next generation to love Jesus and right. love others. And so, um, you know, we went to it. We heard different different uh, experts talking about this in a whole bunch of different ways. And it wasn't all about mental health, but what was a current uh, was a very common theme. Yes. And it went right in line with a book that was produced by um, by this group. Um, saying what our parents aren't telling us, I think, or what, yeah. what parents want us to know or something. Some, it's basically the things parent, you should know that parents think and feel, but they're not going to tell you. Right. And so what they did was they were talking about what, what, what's on parents' minds, what yes. concerns parents. And over and over and over again, both Christian parents and non-Christian parents, mental health 
is yes. so high on the list. And yes. um, not just the mental health of their children, but in some cases, the mental health of themselves as well. Right. And so we just think that we would be remiss if we didn't even talk about this. I know we've done yeah. it a little bit in some of our parenting ministry items. Yeah, that's right. Events, and we talked about it a little bit. Um, but we want this to kind of be an ongoing, open conversation that we that we have. And certainly there's lots of different areas of it. So One, I think the reason it's important that we as a church talk about this is because I think there are really these two kind of, I would say like on, on, on the spectrum of what people feel about therapy, counseling, mental health, oh, whatever, yeah. there really are these kind of two polar opposites, which is there is what I would say is kind of the current worldly view around it, which is therapy has almost become a religion for many people, which is any problem you face in life, any feeling that you have, anything that you're dealing with, therapy will solve every longing you have, every feeling that if you can get the root of a problem, therapy will solve that. And I think that's one end of a spectrum that's not the exact I would say, Christian approach. Now, there's this other side, which often tends to fall on many Christians, which is if you follow Jesus, uh, therapy is an evil. You shouldn't do therapy. Or medication. Or medication is evil. Or, or I shouldn't say evil. It is you don't trust Jesus because you go to therapy. Or you should be praying instead of taking any kind of medication. Right. And there's this long gap in the middle, I think, where thoughtful loving people who are struggling with their mental health, with their anxiety, with depression, with other issues within the mental health range, are struggling with, I want Jesus, King Jesus, Mm -hmm. right, to be my ultimate source of life and happiness and Mm -hmm. peace and joy. But I have these struggles, and does it make me less godly to go to therapy, or should I just go to this other extreme and say, why do you even need Jesus? Modern therapeutic techniques and modern science and medication can fix all your problems. You don't need Jesus. And what we want to talk about, at least at the very beginning of this whole podcast series, is what is the role of therapy in the life of a Jesus follower? Yeah. Is it okay to go to therapy? Is it, and if it is... What? How? How does it fit in the way I think about my relationship with Jesus? You know what I mean. I hope so. I've been to a lot of therapy. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is, so I think the important thing to start with, as we're kind of starting this episode, technically, I'm coming to you on this episode, and then he's leaving us from a cruise ship. Because I was going to say, so we're doing this part right now, early, and then Nathan is headed early. out on a cruise. While he's for on for cruise, my mental health. For his mental health. <laughs> Being trapped on a boat with my four children. That's exactly... <laughs> and 4,000 other people. Yes. Down, you know, that will be... Very relaxing. But, but both of us have been to counseling. Um, I, I currently have my children are, are in have, see a family therapist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my wife has been to counseling. We've been to counseling together, uh, mm-hmm. both premarital counseling and as a couple. So... Uh, I would say, yes, I think therapy does have a role. If yes. Certainly if, if it is something that you need and you are seeking out, mm-hmm. I don't know that it has a role for every single person. At every single moment. Right, but I think at various times or maybe on an ongoing basis, it, it has a role uh, in the life of a person. I think you would agree with that. I would agree with that. I have also done some myself, some yes. with my husband, with our children, and I... We, we recommend it to people, people in our church who need who yeah. need help. And, I mean, 
we need it too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's what I mean is we've used it. We ask people to use it. And on top of all of that, there's a person on our staff who I think many of you know because he's been on this episode. He's on our other uh, I should say he's on this podcast. He's on our other church podcast. He's also one of our teaching pastors. Yes. Jason Collins. Uh, he has done certainly lots of pastoral counseling, but in, in the last couple of years has made the decision to go back and get his master's degree uh, to become a counselor uh, mm-hmm. and to do that for people here in our church. And he has had a lot of experience now doing this. Yeah. And I think you guys are going to hear more and more about this over the next yeah. you know, six months or so. But but he is in the, you know, in sort of the end of the schooling about it. Yes. And he is a great resource. So we're going to have him on here. Yeah. And that's particularly in this episode and probably throughout this series, you'll see him popping up a bunch of this idea of, but particularly right now for this episode, what is the role of therapy in the life of a Christian, should we utilize it? How should it be utilized? And how do I do that in a way that King Jesus is still my ultimate source of life right. and peace and joy? And so uh, Molly's not at this moment, but at some point, if for you, be- it will be seconds. Yes, it'll be seconds from now. Yes. It'll flash to Jason and I. Jason and Molly are going to talk about it, and I'm... At this point, have gonna have another time on your have another slice of pizza. There, so. Yeah, right. He'll be at the he'll be another Guy at, Fieri burger. Yeah, he'll be over at the buffet again. Or I have thrown one of my children overboard. Oh, so I hope not. This is my confession ahead of time. Right, here we go. <laughs> if you have mental health questions, like don't send about, them to me. Don't send them to Nathan. But go ahead and put them in the show notes. In, in the link in the show notes because we do we do know that this is something that that yeah. you know if. If this many parents, uh, oh yeah, we, but there's a whole book on this. We know that you all have some questions. Yeah, if as you're well. struggling, or if your kids are struggling, or maybe you're afraid your kids will start struggling, right. or you're afraid you'll start or struggling. You don't know where to start about this, or whatever. Make sure to put those in there. We'll address them. Yeah, um, and we're here to help on that stuff as well. So let's Nathan's get to the. Not, he's going on vacation, but the yeah. rest of us are. So let's get to Jason and I's discussion. Well, welcome back, Not Great Parents. I have a not great parent here, Jason. Wow, I'm offended. No, you no, should I'm not kidding. be offended. I'm, we I'm are kidding. striving to be not I great know, parents. I know how it is. It's it just sounds a little shocking, doesn't it? it? It does. It sounds like you're insulting me, but I get it. I'm it's okay. better than when Nathan's kids say it. They say terrible parents. Well, they might be right. They might be right. That is true. Well, we have Jason joining us today. I know you've been with us on a few previous episodes, but it's been a minute. So, yeah, so um, I, I, I was being to wonder if you... I said something wrong, you'd oh, no. me back or something. No, like we that. just listened to ourselves talk for a while. Yeah, and now we you need, must like it. Now we want some variety. No, just kidding. Okay. We've just started a new series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we titled it... My kids are making me crazy, or parenting oh, makes me feel crazy. That's great. Something yeah. along those lines. I, and so I've when we were there. thinking about crazy, we're like, let's invite Jason. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> so we really wanted to kind of talk about, um, you know, some stuff related to therapy, counseling, mm. mental health, and yes. since you are. Um, technically our pastor of counseling you're yes. finishing Jason for those of you that don't know Jason is finishing a program and um, certification and being a licensed counselor and so um, we have gone to him for all of our mental health questions <laughs> <laughs> like I'm an expert or something yeah you so, are <laughs> I'm 
Not quite, but uh, I, I learned a few things at school. You so have learned maybe a lot. I can apply. And probably from your years of working with youth and adults yep. and yep. all the other things. And I know for some of you who are listening, you've probably been to some of our parenting ministry events, yep. and Jason has put together those, and a few of those have had mental health components, some of the ones that people have been really full of questions about. So mm-hmm. we know that there's definitely um, you guys have an interest in it, and so we wanted to continue that conversation. We will continue it. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about um, the life of therapy in the role or in the life of a Christian, role of therapy in the life of a Christian. So I kind of mumbled through that, but um, so why do you think we need to talk about it? Why is it important? (sighs) Wow. Um, The thing that I think is important to, and and I think I know why you're making this an issue is because I have also experienced this as well. There's this, uh, you know, sort of an undercurrent within a lot of churches and in a lot of the lives of many Christians, and mental health kind of gets a bad rap for some reason. Um, well, there are a lot of reasons. Um, I think for a lot of years, mental health kind of uh, had a little bit of a stigma um, in, in the way of, well, if you have mental health challenges, it just means you're not trying hard enough, mm-hmm. or it means that if you're a Christian, you just need to pray about it more, or it's mm-hmm. a trust issue between you and God, or things like that. And um, I'm not saying that those aren't things we ought to look at, but at the same time, mental health, uh, mental mental struggles that people go through mm-hmm. are real. Um, mm-hmm. They're not just, they're not your fault, uh, not necessarily. Um, right. It just may be some cognitive distortions that you picked up along the way. It could be uh, we now know uh, the role trauma plays in people's lives and how that affects their mental health in ways that they have no control over. And so um, a lot of times we as Christians, you know, to adopt that idea of well, just pray more or just read your Bible more, um, that's not only not helpful, it's very insensitive to mm-hmm. the kind of struggles that a lot of people go through. And so um, I think I, I'm, and I'm, I'm hoping that the church is becoming a little more aware and mm-hmm. a little more trained in how to uh, approach these kinds of things and so that we can and this is what I've told people in, that when they ask me why are you going into this program and I said well I want to bring the best of both worlds together that's right. that's what I, I think is important I, I've, I've worked a long time in the in the church space in the biblical space mm-hmm. and there's a lot of help and a lot of good things there but there's a lot of things that science and the mental health world is discovering for us now and all truth, in my opinion, is God's truth. And yes. so let's bring all of that together. Let's figure out how to make it all work together. So I think that that's my opinion. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people that don't necessarily fall into that category, but that's where I'm at on that. Why do you think people have such a hard I don't say hard such a hard yeah. time, but it's sometimes you see there's sort of two camps. Not mm-hmm. always that not always what I also agree with mm-hmm. you that there yeah. is an intersection of the two. Mm-hmm. That is probably where we need to be. But yeah. kind of explain the history and the background and why we end up with two kind of ideas of, you know, yeah. let's let's talk about mental health and mm-hmm. let's just, you know, like you said, read the yeah. Bible and focus on only this. Yeah. Or did I ask a question that's I don't know. There's a lot of There's a lot of whys that I'm, I, I think <coughs> it's different for different people, but I think it have, has a lot to do with maybe how... Um, how we approach scripture and how we approach God. Um, a lot of times this is, this was the dilemma that I I found when I started entering into the mental health space. A lot of people was like, well, you know, 
you should just stick to the Bible and give people Bible verses. And if they just follow the Bible, then all the things will be worked out. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that's taking, I mean, and if you listen to our other podcast where Ed, me, and Nathan talk about this a lot. Three peas in a pod. Yes, you guys sir. can find uh, it on, you guys on the can, same feed on right the here. Same but feed. we talk about the fact that the Bible was not meant to be a, you know, a mental health guidebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, we say this all the time, it's a unified story uh, that, that points to Jesus. Right. That's what the Bible is. Um, and so a lot of times we've taken the approach of, well, you know, there's all these great verses that you can just read and apply to your life and it'll take care of everything. Or you can just pray this prayer and it will cure you or it will heal you or whatever. And um, I think that's, a, that's not a very wise approach to the Bible. And so um, I think just as I don't know hardly any Christians who don't, uh, believe that if you're sick in your body, you don't go to a doctor and right. get some medicine and treat that illness. Everybody I know still goes to hospitals and still goes to doctors for their physical body. Well, what we know now is that there are mental illnesses mm-hmm. and there are treatments that do cure mental illnesses. And so um, I, I don't see that as any different. And right. And I think the reason that we have in the Christian space oftentimes separated the two is because we have made mental health more of a, it's just you and your will. And if you can just steal up your will and just work harder, you can overcome all this stuff. That's just not true. And mm-hmm. I would just say science does not bear that out. No. So it, it needs to be both. Yeah. It's fascinating too. I mean, I think that this, the science part of it is, you know, you're right. It w- mm-hmm. comes from God. It wouldn't be there if it yeah. if He is in fact the Creator of all things. Then that and is it, part of yeah, His plan. Exactly. And the chemical imbalances that we now know cause a lot of mental illnesses, you know, are being treated by not just with with drugs, but with therapies that right. actually change. See, there's this thing I talk to a lot of my clients about um, that recently has been discovered. It's called neuroplasticity. Fascinating. It's amazing. It? Uh, Caroline Leaf is the author that you ought to look on this one. She's done a lot of work on this, but basically the idea is um, the the more that we tend to think in one direction, the easier it gets for our brains to go that direction. Mm-hmm. And so, if you spend a lot, a lot of time, and if you've had trauma, um, your brain is basically carved a super highway of negativity. That right. Every that. time you encounter anything or any situation, your your mind in instantly goes there because it's so much easier for your brain to ride down that highway. So therapy, even talk therapy, can can rewire those circuitries hmm. so that you can actually build a new pathway so that your default mode doesn't go down the negativity highway, but you actually build a different one. And so there are different... Uh, uh, therapies and little interventions that I often give clients to do throughout their week. That, and I say, I know it sounds silly, and you might feel silly doing it at first, but if you stick with this, you'll actually start to see your your view of the world and your way of thinking will actually begin to change because you have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I always say this, um, human beings are the uh, only creature on earth that has the ability to think about their thoughts and the ability to actually change their their thought patterns and their brain chemistry mm. just by the way that we show up in the world. And That's so cool. There's some really cool stuff you can do with that. Yeah, and it's sort of like if it's broken, your thought process mm-hmm. or, you know, due to trauma or whatever the case yes. may be, it 
there are things you can do yes. to correct that, which is no different than what we do in any area of our life. Like exactly. you said, it could be with a doctor, but it could be even biblically we do certain things. Yeah. If, we have, if we're in bad patterns or habits uh-huh. or we talk a lot in here about putting um, rhythms in your life and things like that. And some of these types of some of the types of therapy include things like that. It does. There's that. Yeah. There's that end of it. But and I don't want to discount the um, the part that uh, medications can play. Oh, absolutely. And this is the way I always present this. As I say, there are some people that have gotten so far down into a particular mental illness that uh, there's no way that they even have the ability to you know Begin. participate in their own therapy. Mm-hmm. And so in those cases, it sometimes is important for you to have. It's just like the way I describe it is, is, it's like if you came to the doctor and you had a broken leg, the doctor wouldn't just say, well, keep walking on it until it gets better. They would say, no, you need a crutch to take the weight off of that leg right. so that it heals, and then you can put weight on it when you when you're, when you get regained strength. Mm-hmm. Um, antidepressants and anti-anxiety med- medications and things like that are, are like crutches for your, for your broken leg. Mm-hmm. They give you the ability to actually put weight on the other therapies that you're doing so that you can participate with the therapy that you're in. Mm-hmm. And once you begin to do that, then hopefully you can begin to uh, wean yourself off of those. Some people are able to, some people cannot. But it, it, it is not a, um, it's not something that we should frown upon as if someone is weak right. and can't handle that. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with what's been done, uh, the patterns that have developed over time, and sometimes just flat-out heredity and chemistry. Oh, yeah. When you have no control sometimes over that, that whatsoever. Is, right, exactly. Yeah. And so, so it's, all these things kind of make up a toolbox for, mm-hmm. a, you know, for a counselor yep. to, or a physician. or It's usually mm-hmm. a collaborative oh, yeah. effort amongst Absolutely. a bunch of different people. But um, as parents, you know, we, yeah. we hear a lot. I, I, I know that we've looked at the book that the Orange... Uh, we, we picked it up at the Orange Conference earlier this oh, year. Yeah. We talked about a few different things. It said mm-hmm. what parents aren't telling you and mm-hmm. what parents aren't telling us. And it really compared Christian parents to parents who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot in there about mental health. And there was okay. a lot in there about um, kind of what are they saying about it. Um, and what parents were saying was this is a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> this is something I'm concerned about for my child. Mm-hmm. And then there were some really fascinating quotes that the parent they, they just had lists of things that the parents had said and mm-hmm. and some of the in the survey, some of the questions were to the parents about their own parents' mental health. And it was very mm-hmm. interesting because they were saying, what do you wish your parents knew? Yeah. And uh, so many of the answers were, I wish my parents had an outlet to talk about this mm-hmm. so that I was more comfortable talking about it so yeah. that in turn I could parent my child better. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that it's multi-generational. <laughs> it's it a, is. And every generation has kind of dealt with it somewhat different. But why is it important for us as parents to think about therapy, uh, mental health for ourselves and our children? Well, I think it all comes down to, and I, and I talked about this in a parenting seminar that we did here several mm-hmm. months back. It all comes down to the, the cooperation that goes on within your, in your, yourself between the thoughts that you think and the emotions that you feel. Mm-hmm. And so many uh, of us grew up without a very good understanding or vocabulary around what we are feeling in a particular moment. And so 
um, we either go from one extreme to the other. It's either whatever I feel is the gospel truth, and so I just go with what I feel, which is not always wise. But at the same time, discounting what I feel and saying it doesn't even matter, I'll just, you know, ignore it. I think the, the, the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle because our, the way that we think and the way we show up in the world needs to be informed by what we are feeling. But it also, um, our minds need to evaluate what we're feeling with what's going on around us and the truth so that we can come and understand what's real and what's not. So um, I think it's important for parents to create an environment, and this is what I taught in that seminar, create an environment in your home where emotions are are a regular topic of conversation. Okay. That they are not, um, they are not God, of course, but they are also not swept under the rug and never talked about either. Mm-hmm. They are talked about as a normal conversation. And what I see is one extreme or the other. A kid shows up and they're highly emotional in extremes, one way or the other, positive or negative. And we want to tamp that down either way. We say, you know, stop feeling that way or stop acting that way. I'm laughing because like I'm saying, right? Yeah, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, nobody knows any highly emotional children. Never, <laughs> never. So, I have two at my house. Yeah, so I, I raised a couple. <coughs> I, so and I can be. That's right. And, and I'm a highly emotional. And that's the thing is, I, it's funny that I say I'm a highly emotional person, but I bet you if, if I had someone had told me that, probably. 20 years ago, you would have said I would have no said, way. no, I am in full control of my emotions. Right. And um, I was not. I was just stuffing them. So you were on the stuffing end of oh, them. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. a stuffer. I'm yeah. a stuffer. And so that's what uh, I have learned. I have have to learn how to do is become more vulnerable, more out with my what I'm feeling. Um, but again, not go to the other end of making them everything. And so back to my original point, I think it's important for parents to... Uh, ask lots of questions of their kids about how they're feeling, help their children get some emotional words around what they're feeling, and then sit down and let them process. Half of what I do in a therapy session is just allowing the client to process what they are feeling out loud and hear themselves say what's going on on the inside. Mm-hmm. Because we all know this is true. You, you can wind up talking yourself into some of the dumbest decisions when you don't have any outlet for that, when you don't talk out how you're feeling. And then you look at the decision you made or what you did or how you showed up in a situation, you go, what was I thinking? Well, the truth is that's all you were doing was thinking. And you weren't actually processing it with another human being or in a way that actually helps you get a balance on those things of what what's going on inside you and so um there's this thing called the emotions wheel that i love to use with clients and i encourage parents to use it with their kids mm-hmm. all you gotta do is google it yeah. it's on or we can put a link into it in the show link. notes but there there's like tons of different versions out there but right. it's 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 basically a tool that actually will help you expand your vocabulary of feeling words um, because so helpful because I don't know how to use them. I'm one of the people that has a hard time identifying. Yep, you and mostly because feel. as a child we I was explosive yeah. and then we swept it under the rug and so yeah. then I decided well, I just want to have those. That's right. So you know I think that mm-hmm. I've so, looked at that emotions wheel probably more in the last year than my <laughs> whole life. Well, good for you. And tried to come up with new words to That's describe right. what I'm feeling or thinking or yep. you know and just it's more than try just to understand myself a little bit better. Yeah, and, and, and I would say others. it's more than just getting the words. I mean, no, it, it the is. words are important, yes. It gives you something to talk about. 
But for me, what I try to push people to do is not necessarily just say the word of how I'm feeling, but why and where did that come from? Right. And let's evaluate that. But if I can't know? get to the even a word, That's I can't right. even get to the That's why right. or the what yeah. or the whatever. It's just a whole lot of feeling mm-hmm. and and no yeah. definition of yeah. of what that is or where it comes from. A lot so, of people you just talk to them and you say, well, you know, what, what's going on with you? I'm just I'm just mad. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> mad can be anything, and it can come from About different places. What? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I always say, you know, anger is is a secondary emotion. It is fueled by something else. Google the anger iceberg. Anger, <laughs> anger's on the top. It's it's a great picture. I've seen it. <laughs> there, anger's on the top. It's what you see, but underneath that, it's a myriad of other different emotions that cause that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually hurt, frustration, or fear. And when you can then talk about, okay, well, I'm actually mad because I'm afraid. Well, what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. You know, well, here's what I'm afraid might happen. Well, now let's talk about that. Or I'm mad because I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm hurt. Somebody has, has, you know, caused me distress. Okay, talk about that. Where did that come that. from? And let's see if we can put some uh, words around that and let's see if we can heal some of that up. Um, so, but if you just walk around with just no awareness of what it is you're feeling or why it is that you're feeling it, it, like I said, it either goes from one extreme to the other. You just say, I don't want to feel this anymore, so I'm just going to stuff it and not talk to anybody, or I'm going to do everything based on this feeling, and it gets you in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so, so I asked you the question of why we think it's important for parents to talk about mm-hmm. therapy or men- think about mental health and therapy, and, and what you just described is something that I think you know has been interesting to me. I want to hear about my child, what's yeah. going on with him. Yeah. I ask him all the time, why do you feel that way, whatever. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. And if I can't do it too, okay. It's really hard yeah. to do it with my own you child. Mean personal life. Personally. Yeah, and so I think that is why I've been so much more inclined to try to figure it out myself mm-hmm. or to understand what I'm feeling before I ever even go into some of these conversations with them because they're because if I don't know what I'm feeling and then we go into a conversation and something happens. It, it, it immediately becomes like a, a, a tense moment or yeah. a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's in part because I hadn't done my part up front to kind of understand where I was. my starting point was. Exactly. And, and this is what that makes me think of. And I've said this to parents all the time is if your kids are like very good at sniffing out a phony. Yes. And if, if you have not done any kind of emotional work yourself and you don't even have a good handle on your own emotions, for you to then come in and try to handle your kids, it, it just comes off as fake. And, mm-hmm. and if you're not able to be, and here's the other thing, at some point, you it's important for you to say things to your child like, mom knows exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you about what I have felt or mm-hmm. what I am feeling right now. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're hurt or fearful or frustrated about something, and they're, they're in it too, you come right. alongside. You don't come against and say, stop <coughs> feeling that way. You know, I, exactly. I get that there are behaviors we want to change. I get that. But just hitting the behavior only will, mm-hmm. will only frustrate your child more, and it's going to frustrate you too. Mm-hmm. But when you come alongside the child mm-hmm. and say, mom feels this too, dad feels this way mm-hmm. too, and let me tell you what, 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 let me tell you what pissed me off at work. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, may not say or that to your kid. You might. Say, you know, you might. <laughs> I say that to my teenagers now. I was going to say, you or, probably do. Or you say, you know, or I remember a time when, uh, or, or even especially, you don't tell them stories from your childhood as much as you do. This is how I felt last week. Yes. And I, I know exactly what that feels like. And let's talk about that. Right. And, and that then brings you 
side by side with your child instead of head yeah. to head. I think you have to meet your children where they're at, but mm-hmm. in order to do that, they need to meet they you where you're to, at. You want to know where they're at. You, it's got to go both yes. ways. But and, it's got to be an appropriate. But it's got to be appropriate, right. right? So, but as but as a parent, you do have to have some level of vulnerability with your child, Absolutely. and you have to Absolutely. be able to speak. We talk so much on this uh, podcast about modeling behavior mm-hmm. and and living out what we're asking our children to do, mm-hmm. and this is just yet another example. Yep. And like you said, it's got to be appropriate, age appropriate, and we're not going to sit down and dump our entire baggage no, on no. our children. You don't give but them things we are, they can't handle. Right. We're not asking right. them to hold our emotions. We're trying to walk alongside them exactly. and help them understand. Because so you are an emotional being as much as your child is an emotional mm-hmm. being. And if you don't show them that an adult is an is also an emotional being, they get the idea of, oh, something's wrong with me, and I need to be cured before I become an adult, mm-hmm. so that I can be this non-emotional being. Right. And and then that gives them a warped view of adulthood. But when you come alongside them and show them, no, 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 we all feel this stuff. This mm-hmm. stuff. I feel the same emotions that you feel. Um, now you want you want to model a way to handle them right. in, a, in an appropriate way. But you definitely do not want to make them think that emotions means there's something wrong. Right. right. And just like anything, we as parents have the most influence in our children's lives at certain stages. Yep. And so this is really important to try to get right younger. I mean, when yep. I think about what I talked about earlier, the people who say, I wish my parents had an outlet or mm-hmm. I wish I knew how to do this. That in part comes because it wasn't done. So, mm-hmm. you know, what a great time to start practicing and to learn these things so that when your children are faced with different things, Mm -hmm. they have the emotional wherewithal and terminology and capacity to be able to handle what comes their way. And admitting when you mess up. Yep. You know, because you're going to mishandle your emotions. You're going to, you're going to parent out of anger. Sometimes we've all done it. You're going to lose control of yourself or you're going to get really down and you're going to show your kid a really dark, dark place. Um, and it's it's important to come back and to say like if you if you handle like for instance if you handled your anger inappropriately and you 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 know I've I've said who hasn't yelled at their child or yelled in an inappropriate way or said something I regret then coming back behind that and going hey you know that was wrong I apologize Um, I'm going to do better and not react to you that way again ask for forgiveness and then help the child see okay when I mess up, there's a path back. Right. And and it's not fatal, and I don't just ignore it either. I, I go make amends to the people that I've hurt. So right. that's important too. Right, which is exactly what we do in our relationship with God. We go to Him yes. and we say, hey, I have done this, and, yeah. and you know, we work through that. So this is all really helpful. Um, I think it's... Um, uh, we're going to continue to talk about this probably okay. multiple episodes. Great. This will not be your last time with us. You did not say the wrong thing. So. We'll see. My man blown it we'll, again. Yeah, I don't, don't think so. Back. It we'll might see. be really good. Now Jason no, is going to be the third member of our podcast. <laughs> I mean, I will have to be three peas in another pod. You don't want to be three peas in another pod, do you? That's plenty. That, that, that podcast takes plenty of plenty my energy. And emotional yes. energy, I'm sure. Because if you haven't watched it, I sit in the middle of Nathan and Ed and I try to moderate oh, yeah. this thing and it's it's like just trying to you know uh, 
a, a runaway car. Off the road. <laughs> You're just trying to keep it there. So. Well, it is pretty entertaining to watch, but it's also good content, I think. So, um, well, we'll have some resources for you guys in the show notes, and um, please send us in questions or any kind of. We're still taking confessions, even though we're not technically doing that um, okay. series anymore. Feel free to send us confessions. Maybe you have one that you want us to address with Jason too. But um, send yeah, that in. Write, write in a question so they'll bring me back. Yeah, right. right. I only want Jason to address That's this right. confession. He must be on the podcast. Yes, for this there question. you go. Demand Jason, and we will bring him back. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. We'll see you guys next time. Take care.